Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yeah, that's right. I'm in control of the intro and drops today, Tim. How does it feel? Oh, my God. This must be how you feel every day. Every day? This is the worst. (laughs) I don't feel like the worst every day. This is the part where I go, oh, yeah, this is the relaxed, fun time. Oh, you really are turning into me. I do love this this Monday show, though. I, I love it. I, I love talking about it because every Sunday is such a like, dude, I sometimes I, I think about like I'm a big Jets fan. I would watch the Jets. But what I follow the NFL so closely and what I love the NFL the way I do if, if I wasn't a fantasy head and the answer is like definitely no. Yeah. So the fact that fantasy exists, it's like I watch every you know, red zone starts at one o'clock and the Sunday night football game ends at 11 and the entire day I'm completely enthralled with everything that's going on. And I, I'm interested in every single second and it's, I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. And now we got Monday night football and then Thursday night football. It's, it's glorious tonight. Who it's, do you got Tim chargers or Raiders? I'm going to say Chargers because I I think the Chargers the Chargers are better than their record, and I think the Raiders are worse than theirs. Yeah, I think the Chargers win too, but I think it's like a 35-32 type of game. Yeah, look, I need I need Mike Williams 15.5 to win in the main league. And if I win in the main league, I can go 0-15 in my other leagues. I don't care. But <laughs> I need that to happen. I need Austin Eckler to not get 27 points or more in order to win in uh, – probably my third most um, intense league and then um, I'm 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 way out of it so I'm in I'm in deep on the Chargers and I think that's that's probably what's skewing my opinion there yeah um, I think you're gonna win that Mike Williams that Mike Williams one I think he gets over 15 and a half I hope so he's got to find the end zone to get 15 and a half he's not getting that with yards only and catches maybe he can we have a hundred yard bonus in our league so that's uh so stupid one point extra if you get 100 yards. I think it's great. We've been doing that forever. Yeah, and they're, they've always been stupid. <laughs> what do you, I don't think so. Well, what do you guys think? How about this? I'm going to open this up. If you're on Twitter, if you're around, if you're uh, hit the Discord, if you're a patron, um, how do you feel about bonuses? Like little little incentives. We also have a, a, point, a point bonus for if a quarterback reaches 500 yards. And we have a point bonus. 500, man. 300. 500. Huh? 300? Yeah. What do you mean? Nobody passes for 500 yards. I'm sorry. Twice a year. We have have a five-point bonus for a 500-yard game. Do we really? That's That's what I meant to say. We do. We have a five-point bonus. That that probably should change. It never happens, so no one ever knows. You put up 500 yards, you've scored enough. Jeez Louise. Yeah, but (laughs) it makes makes the the three-run home runs at the Grand Slams. That's how I feel uh, about bonuses. This guy's already feel about a it. good enough game. Why does he need an extra point for putting up an even better game? He already has a lot of points. He doesn't need an extra point. Bonuses are dumb. I don't know. I like bonuses. I think it gives it a little wrinkle. I think five points for, for 500 yards is a little wild, but I'm down for like if a player gets 100 yards, you get one point. And it, and it makes it agonizing. Like when the player gets 97 yards, it's a, it's absolute agony because you're like, oh, my God. It's, it's, so I... I I like it. I like it. Um, if you're a patron, if you're a patron, hit us 
and tell us how you feel about it. And thank you for contributing. If you want to become a patron and have access to this community where we basically talk back and forth every single day, it's, I, I feel lucky to be in a place where like when breaking news happens, there's a bunch of people in this community that the first place they go to to talk about their fantasy stuff is the Discord uh, in Brodo. And I think that's the best thing we've we've done in in our time doing this. This is our fifth year doing this. I think that's the best. That's, I think that's the best part of it. Um, the second best part of it, which will probably uh which will probably help you make fantasy the best thing ever is the fantasy football by Brodo app. And the patrons are the people who support the fantasy football by Brodo app. Um, what do you get on that app? Fantasy player cards, which is player profiles, player profilers, except uh, way cooler. A who to draft tool, which you can use next year. You don't really need that right now. Player well, comps, which has become a start sit tool, which you can absolutely use. I was gonna say start sit start sit in two uh in two so podcast start sit boom which by the way we on Twitter someone someone texted us uh Robert Woods or what was it Michael Robert Woods or who else uh Jason was the one who answered it so I'm blanking it was Rob- yeah Antonio uh, Brown former, I believe it was or Antonio Brown a former NFL player and the the app said fifty fifty and he replied with these two guys scored the exact same amount. Yeah, in my league, funny. so the app pretty pretty spot on in that one. Um, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, waivers, and all the advanced stats you need, including true throw value, true target value, and adjusted air yards, and of course, the greatest statistics known to man are joined by more great statistics known to man: true throw value, true target value, the OGs of this created statistics game um it was very nice to see the true the truth uh throw value king though uh uh get get a little beaten up this weekend i must say dude but the I fantasy felt, football i felt sorry <laughs> real quick like the fantasy Dino. football by broto app uh is available now anywhere you can get your app so download that michael go ahead uh the jets dude the jets looked good i the felt jets bad looked very for very good Hill. the he was under pressure the entire day and was throwing to Westbrook, Akina, Josh Reynolds, and company, Chester Rogers. And he was under pressure the entire time with terrible players. I mean, Jeremy McNichols saw 12 targets. That's, like, what was happening with Tennessee without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. It was it was rough. But Tana, it's not like Tannehill played a bad game. He was pretty damn good, as always. It was just he was always under pressure and did not have the best weapons at all. Reminded reminded me a little bit of the uh, the game where the Browns lost every receiver to COVID last year. And they just had no one to throw to, so they threw their tight ends like like twenty times, times, and their running backs like that's what it that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Although Anthony Ferks are way to shit the bed, man. Anyway, Michael, what do you say? Let's get into some Donny H. Oh yeah, always. Let's get some Donny oh, H going. Let's get into it. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in thirty minutes. This is Headline News. Donnie H, baby. It ain't, it ain't a Monday without Donnie H making an appearance. The first, and it ain't an injury report for a season without Joe Mixon making an appearance. We're going to talk <laughs> more about this, um, but Bengals coach Zach Taylor called Joe Mixon day-to-day with an ankle sprain. Taylor also noted that Mixon will be limited in practice to start the week. Um, Adam Schefter reported earlier in the day that Mixon was considered week to week 
but Taylor seems more optimistic. Yeah, of course okay? he does. I'm not buying. The it. reports are, by the way, from from NBC Sports at Edge because I'm reading that basically verbatim. Um, let, we're going to talk about Joe Mixon uh, later in the show, so let's move on to the next piece of news, Mike. What do you say? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, same guy that I just talked about, says T. Higgins is expected to return to practice this week. Music to the ears of some T. Higgins managers. Yeah, I feel like he probably would have returned last Sunday if they didn't have a damn Thursday game. That basically, once he was out Sunday, was basically guaranteed he'd be out Thursday too, right? Like, if you're not ready to play Sunday, I highly doubt you'll be ready to play Thursday. But now he has the nice 10-day break in between that game as well. So if he's returning to practice already, um, well, they're already announcing that he's going to be returning to practice already, then I'm sure he'll be back and... Player, people, uh, fantasy players who drafted T. Higgins are probably chopping at the bits for his return because I know I've been a couple leagues and his replacements have been hard to find. Unless you have his actual replacements, I've been I'm a Tyler Boyd manager in one area, and I really hated it when I drafted him, but I had him at such a good value that I had to, and he he was doing nothing for me, and then T. Higgins went down, and he's been great. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping T. Higgins uh, takes some time. I hope he kicks back, hey, relax your mouth, take another <laughs> takes another week off. Um, Elijah Moore, uh, Robert Sala said that Elijah Moore will come out of the concussion protocol soon. He missed week three because of the uh, concussion. It's I mean at this point right now there's no reason to have Elijah Moore on a team. Um, if you have him on your team and it's not a, you know, and it's not a situation where it's like dynasty or something like that then there's or like deeper leagues really like no 14 team leagues i understand rostering him but like 10 man 12 man short bench leagues like typical redraft leagues with five or six bench players you could get someone like hunter renfro off the wire last week for instance i i understand needing to drop elijah Moore, but deeper leagues i'd still hold on to him because zach mm-hmm. wilson and company played a lot better in that second half against tennessee and see what happens when jameson crowder returns we're going to talk about not, this. Let's Mike. not act like that hasn't helped. That th- I mean, that about, didn't help. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. Okay, okay. Um, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Will Fuller broke his finger. He's considered week to week. It's it's unreal sometimes how many times receivers still play with broken fingers and, like, they play. So this isn't a really serious injury for Will Fuller, but he did leave early in the game. Um Lost a lot of people, a lot of fantasy spots, only put up one point last week. Um, so, you know, the the saga with Will Fuller continues. This is why I was a little hesitant to draft him in the offseason, just because just of the Miami situation. I know that, you know, they have a backup quarterback, so things are different. But the team is just a not stable team. The organization has never been a stable organization. So it, it's hard to trust a new guy in a new area um, like that, like especially where he was going, like Corey Davis was going like two or three rounds after Will Fuller, if I'm not mistaken, at, at one point. So uh, That was um, super early in the offseason. Yeah, that was. You're right, you're right, you're right. They were kind of going in the same spot. But it kind of the same thing Corey Davis. It's like hard to hard to trust these situations sometimes. Just have to see how it plays out. And for Corey Davis, it's working. But for Will Fuller, uh, no. So, so you got to deal with Brissette, some more Will Fuller. Jacoby Brissett yeah. is so bad. He's, He's absolutely terrible. atrocious. Yeah, they need to back ASAP. Um, Logan Thomas is expected to miss some time, uh, which sucks because if you're a Logan Thomas manager, you were like, all right, he was like the, the TJ Hawkinson of last year. Like he's, he didn't explode ever, but he got you the amount of points for a tight end. You didn't have to stream a tight end. You're chilling. 
Now he's out. Ricky Seals Jones got a bunch of targets uh, when he went out. Um, Ricky so Heels yeah, bones. Logan Thomas. Unfortunately, yeah, that is unfortunate. Um, because Logan Thomas was someone. I mean, I was saying on the pod, if you have him, you start him every week, and you know he's not going to put up monster numbers, but you at least know you have a tight end you could basically start every week. And now you have to go fishing on the waiver wire again. Now that Logan Thomas is going to be out, not not cool. Um, especially because he put up a a dud because he got hurt early on in the game. That's always the absolute worst when that happens. So definitely unfortunate, and hopefully he returns soon. I want to put Matt Nagy in an actual hot seat. I want him to feel actual pain in his ass because he's a pain in my ass. Bears head coach Matt Nagy says Andy Dalton remains the team's starting quarterback when healthy. Um, yeah, because Justin Fields is playing so well, right? I mean, not that he's – but he just had a very, very, very big upgrade from one week to another. <laughs> Like he Justin Fields is eleven for seventeen for two hundred nine yards, rushed for nine yards. Yeah, we're gonna act not... like eleven for seventeen and two hundred no. yards is like impressive. Like he had some impressive throws, but he still looked very much like a rookie. Yes, but it's his second game. He is a very much a rookie. Yeah, he so is... it's just I don't like everyone's. I I don't hate it. Like let's let's be real. Rookie quarterbacks this year have looked absolutely atrocious. At, so if if they want at, if. They want until last Andy week. Dalton to until last week. It was the first time that rookie quarterbacks did look pretty Mac, decent. Mac like, Jones has looked decent. It's just that all his Mac his Jones throws are, four yards downfield. I don't want to hear yeah. it. I mean, but it's still he does it well. Sure, can't if blame that's him. What you want for the for the game plan? The poor man's version of Alex Smith. If that's what you want, go crazy. I don't. Yeah, but it doesn't mean he's playing poorly. Doesn't mean he's playing well either. True, but you said atrocious. Just saying the overall rookie QB landscape has been abysmal, generally, as a whole. DJ Chark, placed on injured do, reserve. Do, 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 do. Ah, unfortunate. What can you Tim, do? You watch, yeah. uh, have you watched Ted Lasso yet? I have not. Oh, you got to do it, man. Me and Jason I, started really, when I was in Ithaca. It's only half-hour episodes, 10 episodes, seasons one you, and two. We ran through... The first season in a few nights, and then we're we're on like episode four of season two. It's tremendous. Yo, who got the Apple Plus password though? Oh, you know we got you in the we we hook you up. Text me, bro. Text me. For real? <laughs> yeah, obviously. You guys have had Apple Plus this whole time, and no one told me. Well, Jason got a new phone. When you get a new phone, you get a free year of Apple Plus. Oh, and he didn't even tell us. No, Jason we definitely discussed this. You just have a whatever the opposite of an elephant's brain is when it comes to your memory. <laughs> <laughs> David Montgomery, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that the Bears believe David Montgomery avoided a torn ACL in week four against the Lions. Woohoo! Um, that is uh, good news, but that's what if, they believe. Let's see what the um, the x-rays and such say, but it is good news. If they say if they are even saying the words torn ACL, Damian Williams, let's just say he'll be making an appearance on the Patreon exclusive waiver wire pod. Uh, tomorrow. Oh, Let's yeah. just say he's, he's definitely going to make an appearance there. Oh, by the way, Tim, Randall, I didn't just randomly bring up Ted Lasso for no reason at all. It was because oh. <laughs> we were talking about DJ I got into Chark. the Apple Plus. One of the guys in um, Ted Lasso is named Jamie Tart, a soccer player. And when he scores, they sing Jamie Tart. Do, 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 do. So that's why it got me thinking about it when you said DJ Shark. But that's all. You should watch Ted Lasso, folks. We did not get paid yes. for that endorsement. Yeah. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. But I mean, 
Ted Lasso. I, I, a lot of people are, are are all about Ted Lasso. So if a lot of people are about it, I'm usually not about it. But since you told me about it, then they won OD. I'll, I'll do it. They won OD Emmy Awards too. Uh, last thing on the agenda: uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid said Josh Gordon has a chance to play Week Five against the Bills. Yahtzee, which means about maybe twelve snaps, maybe one target. That's what, what I'm calling. To I'm calling twelve bomb, snaps, though. one target. What if that target's an 80-yard bomb, though? That would be a ton of fun. And then you sell high. <laughs> um, All right, Michael, you ready to get into these uh, categories? Yeah. These categories? The first one is, I saw that coming or surprise, surprise? I'm blanking because you usually do the drops. Uh, you saw, that, saw coming that coming as first. All right. Yeah, let's That's do it. That's right. I saw that coming from a mile away. Nailed that drop. Nailed it. This, Nailed that it. one's a hard one to nail. I know. Because we don't actually have, we actually stream that from the internet every single time behind the scenes. That's that one that we can't, for some reason, it wasn't an MP3. And if you record it off the computer, it doesn't sound right. So we, we stream that right off the internet every time. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So that one, that one's a little hard to, to, to manage. Um, but something that's not hard to manage is our predictions, baby. Oh, dropping the bomb. Um, Michael. Why don't you give us first uh, that we saw that coming, the stuff that we got right last week. All right. Yeah, I'll start it off. Um, this one I'm putting in here because we thought it was hilarious. We discussed it on the Thursday pod um, that people were bugging out. Hollywood Brown, man, he dropped three touchdowns and people decided that was going to hinder his fantasy ranking and decided he wasn't going to be a must start option, even though he's been playing as a must start option over the past like 10 weeks dating back to last season. Before the three-drop game last uh, two weeks ago, he had either 85 yards or a touchdown and or a touchdown in every game, 10 straight weeks dating back to last season. That is absolutely a must-start player. And the Denver Broncos defense, I saw Brown on a bunch of bust lists with a big, bad Broncos defense. It's Hollywood Brown. It doesn't really matter what defense he's going up against because that's how the Ravens offense rolls. Get him into space. Maybe find him deep, and that's what happened against Denver. He only saw five targets, but he went four for 91 and a touchdown, 17.10 fantasy points, right back into being a must-start player now with a juicy matchup coming against Indy. I think people are uh, underrating Hollywood Brown, and we uh, we liked him this week, and he certainly performed. I know a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm not starting Hollywood Brown again. What, what, like, Why wouldn't you? Like, yeah, Had he dumb. just caught those passes – then you would have been like, this is the next coming of Jerry Rice. Bro, he like, would have been probably ranked as like a top 15 receiver this past week if he were to have caught those passes. Instead, he was ranked as like a low-end wide receiver three. It made zero sense. That's what this damn recency bias in fantasy football. Way too many just way too many people fall for recency bias. And it was that was a prime example right there for Hollywood Brown. Speaking of recency bias... I'm going to say my first told yeah, so real that quick, coming. Tim. Hollywood Brown, yeah, the expert consensus ranking on fantasy pros was 30. Stupid. I had him at 24, which is well above consensus. And but still a little ahead. too low, but co- more correct. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, and my transition before was beautiful, and Michael is the transition killer. He's just the murderer of transitions. <laughs> um, Corey Davis. Four. Oh, speaking of recency bias, that's what it was. Corey Davis, four for 111 and one touchdown. 
People just were off Corey Davis because of what he did against the Broncos and the Patriots. I repeat, the Broncos and the Patriots. You're talking about a team that is that is a perennially a great defense in the Broncos and another team that has probably the best defensive coach in NFL history against a rookie quarterback making a second and third start. And you're just saying, okay, well, the Tennessee Titans defense is not that good, but the, the Jets offense is, is worse. Obviously not. Uh, Corey Davis did whatever he wanted. Zach Wilson had a phenomenal game. People, people counting out Zach Wilson after those two games just blew my mind. It's just like, what do you expect a rookie quarterback to do against these guys? But now you have Tennessee who is not that caliber and you see what Zach Wilson did. He got him out of the pocket. He made some throws that were some next level. Not many people in the NFL make those throws throws. He threw a, a ball from his own 40 yard line into the end zone on the fly for a Corey Davis touchdown after he rolled out and pointed to hit him to go deep, he he dropped a beautiful dime piece to Keelan Cole, two dime pieces to Keelan Cole, a couple to Jameson Crowder. Like Zach Wilson was doing whatever he wanted against the Titans, and Corey Davis was the beneficiary. And if you played Corey Davis, you should have. That's a guy that I also ranked well above expert consensus last week, and I was, I. Yeah. yeah, we were all singing the praises of Corey Davis and and how he needed to play this week, and don't be afraid to play him because of what happened and. Uh, if you played him, you're happy, which I did. I, I played him. I played him over Michael Pittman in, in one of my in one of my leagues before the week. You're like, oh, of course you did that before the week. Michael Pittman was probably on everyone's list to start over Corey Davis. Now, recency that bias, flips a bro. little bit. Exactly. Recency bias. So, um, yeah, Corey Davis and the Jets. Uh, we told you this was at least I told you that this was possible that the Jets were going to score and that Derrick Henry could be like Derrick Henry played well and he had a good game but he could have he didn't have to leave the planet like they couldn't just run they couldn't everyone just assumed that the Jets weren't going to score and the Titans could just run out the clock after they put up four touchdowns yeah, on them. so many people have Derrick Henry just written up for 300 yards and four touchdowns like relax <laughs> lazy it's lazy because you don't you don't you're not paying attention the Jets Zach Wilson threw eight interceptions. You're talking about a defense that has had to play from behind with eight extra possessions. Like, yo, what, how much do you want this defense to do? Like, they played well against the runners, just that they were getting smashed so bad that teams are just running on them because there's only so many stops you can make. 13th in DVOA against the run. That's not a mistake. Anyway. Shout out Robert Sala. Um, Robert Sala. He's a good coach. Um, anyway, that's enough of my Jets fandom leaking out. Michael, who's your uh, who's your second guy? Yeah, it's pretty funny because I don't tell Tim my uh, my choices because you know I like to shake it up, mix it up a bit. No, mine idea. was Jamison Crowder here. Um, I tweeted recently, go add Jamison Crowder for free before people remember that he's good at football once he returns. And what are the odds? Jamison Crowder is good at football, folks. Came back with fifty yards, five catches, and I believe it was five or six catches and a touchdown in his return. He was ranked 89th in expert consensus ranking, and I just thought that was just absurd. I ranked him. I ranked him as a flex value, flex type player already around wide receiver 50 this past week, and yeah, me too. He's gonna be higher than that next week. I'll tell you that already, because obviously the Jets use their slot guy, and Jamison Crowder is a very good slot receiver. And after the long injury, even with his first real live action with uh, Zach Wilson, it was a nice game. 
and he's someone to monitor going forward. And I just wanted to also give an honorable mention to someone we were high on and shout out to one of our writers, uh, Nick Bollier, who said Tyler Henneke was a lock for a top 12 QB. That was on the Crunch Time live stream every week, folks, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, time. On YouTube. On YouTube. On the app. On Twitter. on Twitter. It will be streaming Santiago Casanova and... One of us, if we're available, one of the Brodo writers, it's always going to be Santiago Casanova, the one and only, um, and a guest just answering start-sit questions, talking fantasy football. This first week, he had Nick with him, who totally nailed Tyler Henneke, who is currently the QB5 with just this Herbert Carr game to go. So he's going to end at least as a top-seven quarterback after putting up 28 fantasy points. So honorable mention there. Let's do it. I love it. Um, is that is that it? Well, you got anything you got, else? You got, got your gems? second, no? I know. I'm just saying, are you done with uh, with Jameson? Yeah, Jameson and Heineke was an honorable mention. All Jame- set, brother. J- grab yourself a Jameson and a Heineke. Hey, yo, that's nice. Shoot them back. Be, uh, that's, a, that's a decent <laughs> fantasy football name, Jameson and Heineke. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> hey, let's go. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is my told you to. And I'm, I'm flexing on you because I'm about to give Jason his flowers on, on my mist. So I'm a flex on Jason. You guys told me Ezekiel Elliott was done, and you I guys told me Ezekiel was Elliott done. wasn't I as said good Pollard as Pollard is to be. better. Pollard's not better. Yes, he is. Stop with the nonsense. Twenty carries for 143 yards and a touchdown. Another excellent performance in a row by Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys have become a run-first team, and it's lovely Very to see, especially it is not as a lovely. person who drafted Ezekiel Elliott. I love seeing it. Um, Tony Pollard had an okay game, but Ezekiel Elliott 10 was, for 67. That's not an okay game. He continues to be a super, super, super efficient running back. And he will continue to be, and Ezekiel Elliott will continue to dominate as well. I, hate, I hate this new Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott I mean, throwing for less than 200 yards. CeeDee Lamb basically being Robbie Anderson, not catching a sucks. single pass. Amari Cooper ended up catching a touchdown, but Dalton Schultz is now apparently Dak Prescott's number one target. I don't know what happened after week one in this damn. I can't wait for the Cowboys to be losing by like 20 points again at some point so that we could get the real Cowboys offense back because this is a diluted run-first version that is not going to succeed in the long run. I don't care what anyone says. It's a passing league to think that switching over to a run-first offense is a smart thing is dumb. Their defense is just playing very, very well at the moment, and it's allowing them to do this stupid-ass change. While Michael is really angry, obviously, from a fantasy <laughs> perspective. Not even reality, fantasy, friend. real life. I think it's very dumb. It's not a reality. Recipe. I've been explaining to the Twins for the last year or so that all these pass-first offense, quote-unquote, oh really are run-first offenses that establish the run, and it the pass works off of that. And that's what the Cowboys are doing. And they had another big lead. 36-28 is the final score, but they were up by like almost three. They were up by three scores. Like, so they had a big lead. There was no reason for them to pass the ball around this. It's not always going to be this way, but you always like, and, and also uh, so talking about told you so, um, Diggs, Stefan Diggs' brother. I forget his first name. Um, I, Trayvon I, Diggs. I Trayvon Diggs, I was told, I was singing his praises He's nasty. in the preview show. Dude, he's nice. Another two interceptions. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna intercept the ball twice a game uh, coming up. So that's also something to think about as well. But he looks like the real deal. 
unfortunately, he could not shut down the guy that I thought that was going to have a, a little bit of a bad game. So on that note, let's get into our next category, and that was is the uh, surprise, uh, surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah. Surprise, motherfucker. Now's the time, Tim, where you say, I can't wait for the new Dexter season. Nah, nah, I didn't hear it. So I'm not I'm not that hyped about Dexter. At right, the I cannot wait for the new Dexter season. <laughs> I got you. All right. I'm going to shit on Jason and give him his flowers at the same time. I'm going to go first Ew. on this one. Go ahead. Um, DJ Moore is my is my first. All right. I thought DJ Moore was going to be matched up on Diggs. I thought that Diggs was the real deal. I said it. I thought it was that DJ Moore was going to struggle. I was wrong. I didn't say struggle. I said be tempered expectations. I was wrong. Eight receptions, 113 yards for two touchdowns. Woo! Okay. So I was wrong there. Jason, good shit. Jason's the one that told you to smash DJ Moore, that he is uh, matchup proof, which I needed to see a little more to understand that DJ Moore is matchup proof uh, than what he's given me so far. But so far this year and his connection with Sam Darnold, um, he is matchup proof. I can confirm it. And with that being said, my second surprise, surprise is attached. Sam Darnold. Sammy I'm not D. surprised. I'm not surprised Sam Darnold's doing well. I called it. I wrote an entire article about Sam Darnold and giving him a second opportunity because he's the real deal in the you Jets. Called just five him rushing up touchdowns through the first four games. That's what I'm surprised about. <laughs> I'm surprised about the fact that he has five rushing touchdowns. He had five rushing touchdowns in his career with the Jets. And I'll tell you right now, he is capable of rushing. We saw it with the Jets. We we seen it with the Panthers. He's capable of five rushing touchdowns in four weeks. Holy moly. That's my big surprise surprise uh for Sam Darnold. But he also had a he had a he had a good day in the air fantasy wise. Um 301 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. It's a good fantasy day through the air. And he added six for thirty-five and two on the ground. So if you were starting Not Sam Darnold, shabby. which I was in two leagues, you are very happy. Yeah. Uh Jason, I was three and zero leading the league in points in our home league. Jason beat me. I'm going to go to three to one. Had to be Jason, oh, nice. of course. But behind DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin, I was watching those two go off, and I was like, all right, well, this was a fun week. It's like <laughs> I'm not coming back from that. They both put up like 30-plus. But McLaurin, McLaurin is an animal. That yeah. dude is an animal. He is. But DJ Moore, too, man. This is what I expected from Moore last year when I was like his number one fan and drafted him a bunch. Now it's happening, and it's, and it's glorious because he is one heck of a receiver, folks. He but is. Uh, my first surprise, surprise, Kenny Galladay, back to life, baby. Seven targets, six receptions, 116 yards. The Giants, excuse me, the Saints were allowing 240, roughly, passing yards per game um, going into this matchup, and they passed for over 400 yards without Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. There was a lot of yak, of course, between Kadarius Toney, the Saquon touchdown. Um, Kenny Galladay had a decent amount of yak as well. But super impressive offensive performance by the Giants. And I'm going to be speaking about Daniel Jones later, so I don't want to get into it too much. But finally showing the rapport with Kenny Galladay. Everyone was upset last week when Galladay was, like, pissed on the sideline. And I'm, I was over here sitting like, yo, this guy just signed the massive deal. He's not really doing well the first three games. If he wants to let out frustrations, let him let out frustrations. Like, I don't. people are too soft these days. Like, people get angry. People get upset. Who's to say that he was upset at Daniel Jones or the coaching staff and not himself, right? Like he could express frustration, and 
he bounced back this week and had his first 100-yard performance as a Giant, yet to find the end zone, but certainly a very promising performance, especially with Dallas coming up next week. Trayvon Diggs is looking very good, like you said, but still susceptible, right? Like DJ, he, DJ Moore had some success against him, and Kenny Galladay is certainly nice to see, and it was a surprise to see him put up over 100 yards against a pretty stout Saints secondary. I couldn't have said it better myself, Michael. Right. Uh, I I I was being very uh, was it bullish or bearish? Depends. You, if you are good or bad. Bad. I'm going bad. Bearish. Bearish. I was very bearish on uh, Mr. Galladay, so it was nice to see him come alive. And now maybe Daniel Jones making me eat the words that I always say. Daniel Jones sucks. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll have to uh, amend that to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is I. Uh, Daniel Jones is decent. And now I'm giving my uh, my second surprise, right? Since you gave yours in the double, or do you have three? No, nah, I got two. I, I haven't given my second one. Oh, DJ Moore and Sam Darnold was a tandem. Was a tandem. I see yes. you. I see you. Um, my second bit, one. But okay. My second. Well, so Sam Darnold was uh, just for like, so I could. Uh, <laughs> I had to shit on Jason after I give him credit. Like that's you. that's a must. Um, uh, Tom Brady's human. Everyone, 22 for 43, 269 against the Patriots. No touchdowns. Very surprising. Um, also, continuing the trend of Tom Brady without Gronk is a less effective Tom Brady. It's just Tom been Brady that way throughout his career. has also struggled against former coaches in the past. Remember when Matt Patricia and the Lions, in their atrocious year, beat the Patriots by like two touchdowns? Wow. Um, yeah, you're right. Tom Brady has just struggled, really. Um the only times he's really ever struggled is against former coaches, defensive coaches, and Bel- Belichick coached him for 15 years, so I wasn't all that surprised. Um, but I do think there was uh, a little – it was a little surprising that he didn't even throw for one touchdown. I know. I, I thought the Tom Brady was going to be the number one number one on the week, to be yeah, honest. I told, I, you, that, I told you that was stupid. I thought he was going to complete the out. Did, he didn't even make a big deal about the record. Like, the, how, What a whack way for him to get that record. Like, if everything goes according to his plan, he probably doesn't care because he he expects to to put fucking ten thousand more yeah, yards bro. on top of that and play until he's fifty. Wasn't it like didn't when Drew Brees? What was it when Drew Brees? They stopped it. Was that it? They, they stopped, stopped the game. They like celebrated and shit. He like took off his helmet and like, you know, curtain calls and all that. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't do that at all. This <laughs> for Tom Brady. No, it was no a little strange. It was all. just like okay, he broke the record. Let's keep playing. And like the way it was, like it was, it was a, it was a record, it was a yard short, and then it was the record tied, and then it was the record, and then it was a yard short again, but then it was the record. It was just like, what? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, Tom Brady's human. Uh, usually, when Tom Brady faces an obstacle that uh, that it seems o- only greatness can conquer, greatness conquers. But in this one, he won, which is the important part. But you know. Definitely not happy if you started Tom Brady in this game when you thought that you would be ecstatic. Well, at least I thought that I would be ecstatic about uh, Tom Brady in this game. So to my surprise, Tom Brady, human. Yeah, pretty shocking. Um, My surprise here, keeping it in Tampa Bay, Leonard Leonard Fournette, and not so much the production you got from Leonard Fournette because, I mean, he got you 15.5 fantasy points, solid, but not like super spectacular. 
It was the fact that he got 20 rush attempts and saw five targets playing 82% of the snaps. And you know how I know a snap count is because it's already updated on the Fantasy Football by Brotto app. So there's literally no reason why you shouldn't already have that on your phone um, if you love Fantasy Football. So go download do- download that if you don't. 64 snaps to Ronald Jones' 13. Zero for Keyshawn Vaughn. Gio Bernard is out with the knee injury. This just became Leonard Fournette's huge backfield here just for himself it was very shocking to see Leonard Fournette just getting the ball over and over and over Rojo of course we all saw um salvaged a touchdown on the day and that was very frustrating um since he played way less than Fournette but I mean going forward this is a guy who has not seen anywhere near that much work against the Rams he saw four rushes and three targets right and that was just a week ago and then he gets 20 rush attempts and five targets in a close game against New England so this seems like it's Leonard Fournette's backfield um, at the moment. So he could also be in stock up here. I just put him in surprise, surprise, because I was kind of shocked to just see him really just be that guy now. 80-plus percent of snaps is no joke. That is no joke. Uh, playing time is going to be something that uh, we're going to have a little bit of a of a different view on playing time in the upcoming segment. Let's go to the... Oh now oh, we're on stock rising. I'm starting on stock falling. Uh, Forget it. That would have been such a. This would have been such a good. Uh, you know what? Actually, this still works. Let's go to stock rising. You'll see. All right, stock rising. It is something something. just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at ten cents a share. And by the way, John. Our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Grand slam home run, baby. Michael, usually when someone plays only half of a game, probably not great for fantasy production. Am I right? Sure. I think I know where this is going. Usually when someone plays half of a game, you're he's I mean, he's definitely not going to score over 20 fantasy points, right? I know exactly where this is going. Enter Trey Lance, who takes over for Jimmy G, who I don't know if you saw his post-game press conference, but he was so frustrated. He, like, got emotional about his injuries. I feel bad for the dude, bro. Yeah, me too. He's always hurt. It's I, I understand his pain. Like, I'd be pissed off if I was him too, especially when you have a new rookie first-round pick who three first-round picks were traded for to acquire just right behind you ready to take over at a moment's notice like he's trying to play well so he doesn't lose his starting job and to get an injury to escalate that process is certainly frustrating and he's probably looking for one next year there are a bunch of teams that can be quarterback yeah it's 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 unfortunate i do think jimmy g is a at least like a league average quarterback though so i I agree find the job somewhere serviceable he's serviceable um, but Trey Lance showed some superstar potential when he came in. Uh, the coaches after fantasy this game, fantasy wise, I'll, yeah. Please but I mean, tell me you're just saying fantasy wise because he, it was an absolutely atrocious performance. It was the performance of a rookie who was not ready to play. It was a performance of a rookie who was nowhere near ready to play. That shit was really ugly. I, I mean, I want to put it in the a, a incredibly ugly category. I thought it was incredibly ugly. He held the ball way too long. He was ridiculously inaccurate. Even the, throw really, to, even the throw to Debo, which was a defensive breakdown, he underthrew him by a ton. He could have easily hit Debo in stride, but Debo had to completely stop and catch it. But it, that ended up being a touchdown anyways because it was 20 yards of space. Like, I was 
oof, I was watching Trey Lance. Like, and I, I, I was like, during the draft process, I was like, I hope the Jets just take Trey Lance because why not? It'll be fun at, at points. And then I ended up being a Zach Wilson guy as the NFL draft approached. Um, so I like Trey Lance, but that was just, he needs a whole lot of work. And the, I mean, they were saying in San Fran that they were not ready at all for Trey Lance to take over this early. And I think that's yeah. pretty clear why, because he, uh, I just thought he looked really, really, really gross. I think it's it's pretty, pretty stupid. It, it, like, I, I'm a big Kyle Shanahan guy, but you need to have some Trey Lance packages ready to go. Um, cause I mean, you have, have a, a little bit. Often, he, he's been used in the red zone and such. Yeah, but I'm talking about packages like if he ha- has to come in for a Jimmy G injury because he's your backup quarterback and Jimmy G is is the dude is is injury prone. Yeah. Like how are you just this unprepared for Trey Lance well, to come in? I don't think he's unprepared. They were just saying that it was it's not something they wanted to happen really. I don't think that they were trying to say that they were unprepared. They said they were unprepared. They said it as much. They said no one in the organization was prepared for <laughs> Trey Lance to be in so early. All right. That's the report out of the athletic. But with that being said, Trey Lance did flash some signs that when he's not called and the entire organization is not ready and he's not taking over in the middle of the game for a quarterback that's leaving with an injury, he's he showed some potential for what he can be. And he scored 20-plus fantasy points anywhere between 22 and 28, depending on your scoring range. He scored 22 fantasy points in a half. So I am extremely excited about Trey Lance. I think his stock is rising. I, I have him in a dynasty league. I'm going to start him right away over. I have Baker Mayfield, Kurt Cousins, and Sam Darnold on that team. So I'm going to start him right away over those guys at least. And I'm very over excited Sam Darnold? about it. Yeah, I'll start him over Sam Darnold. Sorry, and over that's Kurt how much Cousins. Kurt Cousins has been great Gordon, prior to nine. this past week. Scored nine. Sam Darnold last. has been great the entire season. I and I'm still I'm going start to start Trey Lance. Because I think Trey Lance is going to rush his little heart out, um, or his big heart out, his really big athletic heart out. Um, you saw him; he's he's a run first quarterback at this point. He hasn't played any football, you could tell, and he's looking to run. And the 49ers are going to let him run. They are going to draw up schemes where he is going to be able to use his legs. And I'm very excited about that next week. I don't even care how much he throws for. I don't care. I think his rushing floor is going to be massive, and whatever he does in the passing game is just icing on the cake. I think he's – I'm going to rank him as a QB1 next week probably. I haven't looked at I haven't looked at his matchup yet, so I'm not – Arizona. It's a nice mm-hmm. matchup. And it's, 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 it's here and there. Arizona's defense played very well against well, a, a nice very good offense for, last week. Uh, volume reasons. It's a nice value. Yes, for sure. It's a nice value. For, he's going to have to drop back a lot. So I think Trey Lance um, – yeah, I, I'm very excited and I think his stock is rising. Michael, who's your first stock rising? My first stock rising is the Cowboys' number one receiver, apparently. Mr. Dalton Schultz having another big game against Carolina. Eight targets, six receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. That's at least six targets in three of four games. That's a touchdown in back-to-back games. At least uh, 45 receiving yards in three of four games. He literally has been the tight end three on the entire season now up until this point um he's a huge part of that offense especially now with this whole they're a run first team thing happening cd lamb has fallen out of favor it seems amari cooper he scored a touchdown this past week but besides that has not done much just just become the dalton schultz show for whatever reason and with the way this tight end landscape is if you picked up dalton schultz um 
I don't see how you don't start him going forward unless something changes because now they get the Giants next week who, is, who have been susceptible to the tight end, and he's just been a big part of that offense now, and he's been balling. So his stock is certainly up. I got another one for stock up here whose stock when it, during draft season in particular, I was fading his stock because I'm not interested in my first round pick having an ineffective first three weeks. But if you weren't one of those people and you drafted Saquon Barkley and you've survived, congratulations. Saquon Barkley is all the way back. 13 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. But most importantly, five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown, including a really big one, including the rushing touchdown at the end of the game. Saquon Barkley was completely did whatever he wanted in this one, it looked like. And um, he's back. And there's no other way to put it. He makes the Giants better. They're going to continue to feed him the ball. Daniel Jones um, will continue to feed him the ball, and he will continue to do what he's doing. Um, John Ross also, out of nowhere, Speed three receptions for 77 yards. Just, just putting that out there. Um, Kadarius Tony had himself a good game. We were talking about this, but Saquon Barkley, this all stems from Saquon Barkley. Kadarius Tony, John Ross, these guys can get open. Evan Ingram can f- catch the ball five times, even if he didn't do much with it because Saquon Barkley is on the field. So Saquon Barkley, sky's the limit. He is now he's now a, a league winner at this point. I mean, we'll see about league winner. It's a little early I'm talking about like that. a guy who can carry you through a championship. I don't see why not. I mean, I'm not a, calling him a league winner. He was a first or second round pick that didn't perform the first couple of weeks. Like he's he's, okay. he's back. I'll give you that. I'm not just going to call him giving a league me- winner. You're giving me vocabulary lessons today. I'm not talking about like you the way you're saying well, league winner. No, I'm saying league winner is in like this guy can carry you to a championship. No yeah. problem. Sure, 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 the, sure, sure, I don't sure, care sure. where he was drafted. He's a league winner in that sense. So my first I'm going to just keep it in New York with the Giants still. My second, excuse me, stock up is a guy who Jason said was going to bust last week against Atlanta. He did. And he was going to say everyone's just going to rank him as a bottle barrel guy the next week. And that happened again. Daniel Jones is my guy. He was the QB 23 expert consensus ranking this past week against New Orleans. I had him at QB 15, so way above consensus as a streaming option. And he balled out against the stout New Orleans defense, even without Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. 400 passing yards. It was funny. I was talking about how on this past week's pod, it was the first time I decided to point out that Daniel Jones has not surpassed 270 passing yards in any game since week one of last season. And he goes and throws for his first 400-yard game right after I say that. And he balled out, man. He ran like he does, four rushes, 27 yards, uh, threw a couple touchdowns, threw his first interception of the year, which was on a Hail Mary at the end of the half. So he is yet to throw a legitimate interception this season. Um, Saquon Barkley, like you said, looks like he's back, and that has certainly helped Daniel Jones as well. Um, Open the field more, Kenny Galladay. Finally had a big game. Kadarius Tony showed off his skills. Um, that that catch, and then if you haven't seen the Kadarius Tony play yet, just search Kadarius Tony on Twitter, and you'll likely see a video right away of him just like juking ninety-seven different defenders. It was hilarious and great. And then John Ross just adding that speed element without Darius Slayton there. It was a great performance by Daniel Jones, who is playing a lot better than I certainly expected him to play this season. Um, way better. And his, his stock is certainly rising because, I mean, this guy has been a QB1 three or four weeks. I don't see why he can't keep it up, especially when he's using his legs as well. 
Um, so Daniel Jones is is out here, folks. Daniel Jones is super duper out here. He is definitely super duper out here. Um, I was gonna say Damian Williams here, uh, but Damian Williams, I think we'll talk about Damian Williams more on the, um, on the podcast tomorrow, the Patreon exclusive podcast. So he's definitely a stock up. So let's talk about one guy that we, I mentioned in the stock up category last week, and I'm gonna mention it again because the stock continues to rise. And that's Cordero Patterson. Uh, Cordero Patterson, someone that we were, we were, I was singing the praise of at least. I told you, yeah, I was said not. he's a startable player. Absurd what's happening with Cordero Patterson. It is I, glorious from an outside perspective. So much fun. <laughs> I should have totally, I should have totally uh, put him in my told you, saw that coming. But I, I loved him as a start this week because, you know, Matt Ryan needs help. I think the, at the end, like everyone's singing the praises of Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan again sucked. He just threw a lot, and that's what's going to happen. He's going to keep throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing, and no matter how bad he is, no matter how, how how inefficient he is, he's going to continue to get things like Patterson breaking one open every once in a while. It, the, we tweeted something on Sunday that was really funny, and it made me laugh when it came through my phone. It was like the, page, the Falcons just technically drew up a fade to their backup running back, and it's glorious. Yeah. Like and that's what they did. They drove afraid to their back backup running back, but he's playing wide receiver. He's playing running back. He's available at running back. It's insane because he's not seeing that many snaps. He's only seen 97 snaps so far. That is good for sixth on the team. But he's seen 49 opportunities in those 94 snaps. He's been given a rush or target on 52% of his snaps this season. And Ridiculous. Calvin Ridley, who leads Hilarious. the team it, with 253 snaps. Calvin Ridley has seven less opportunities overall. So he only has 42 opportunities. And he has 159, 159 more snaps than Patterson. Patterson is the undercover wide receiver weapon that everyone wanted Kyle Pitts to be. That's who he is. And Mike Davis... He had a good game in this game. He was fantasy usable. Uh, salvaged it with a touchdown. But there's a clear, more dominant player in this backfield who gets the ball almost every time he's on the field. And until he stops doing this, I'm playing him every single week. I don't know how you can't. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about Cordell Patterson, man. Like, logic says this guy is hardly even on the field that much. And he doesn't even see that many touches. But the fact that he's doing what he's doing with these limited touches is insane. If this means he's going to start getting more touches, that's great for him, too. Um, I don't know if I'm fully buying into it yet. I've been a skeptic. This is a crazy thing that's happening right now. Maybe Arthur Smith is just uh, turning him into his prize possession. Um, we'll see. Certainly a lot of fun to watch, though. And I'm looking forward to him not having a good game against the Jets this weekend. Let's go Jets, baby. Right, Tim? Right. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. Ooh, fresh Listen off this. the press. According to Cam Inman, who is a 49ers reporter for the San Jose Mercury East Bay Times and an insider for their radio station, Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance to play for the 49ers Sunday at Arizona. Mike uh, Shanahan said, it wasn't as bad as we thought it might have been. Today, he's in a lot of pain and still sore. Wednesday, if it's getting better, he has a good chance. Interesting. 
Interesting. Very, very interesting. So all of a sudden, my stock up. Maybe uh, maybe that was a bubble that's the about stock to burst. neutral. Yeah, stock uh, <laughs> maybe stock stock down if he's not starting now. All right, let me close out the uh, the stock up with <laughs> welcome back, Mister Belkow James Robinson. Carlos Hyde scratched from this game, and James Robinson, just like week three with a healthy Carlos Hyde, just continued to be a bell cow again. I think Urban Meyer finally decided and saw that James Robinson is the better running back on the team. After he went uh, 15 for 88 in a touchdown and 6 for 46 through the air against Arizona this past Thursday against Cincy, 18 for 78 and two touchdowns on the ground, two targets and one reception only but he did more than enough work on the ground to reach 20 half PPR fantasy points. Um, got the bell cow treatment, played over 90% of snaps, just like he did most of the time last year. I don't care if you are a the worst running back in the league. If you're playing 90% of snaps and seeing 20-plus touches a game, you are going to be a fantasy viable producer. James Robinson is right back into his top 15 likely every week status for as long as he's seeing 90 plus percent of the damn touches because that's a lot of touches and you don't see that often um also breaking news josh jacobs is active tonight so hopefully people who are banking on peyton barber have a backup plan yeah that's that tim (laughs) okay um all right, let's end it on a sour note, as we always do on these Mondays. Stock down. You don't have another stock up? Oh, you started this one. I started it. You're right. Yeah. Right. Did you see how hard it is? Yeah, you see it on the other side. Uh, Hello you made from me, the other side. You, you made me mess yo, up that, the drop, bro. I started it, and then you started talking again. My bad, but I got to say. Come like, on. The, the, <laughs> NBC, the NBC Hello from the other side yesterday with the, the promo for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Did you see that? Uh, before the game so, no oh my god they were they went they went into the well it was like adele hello from the other side it was just like a montage of tom brady and bill belichick like and the in the good times and their and their faces it was it was absolutely hilarious that's great anyway all right let's do this the worst day on wall street since the crash of 1987 the down traders are standing there watching in amazement i don't blame them we're not down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. All right. Um, since I have to take Tim's role today, every time I hear that, I get so scared. Yeah, well, it's actually happening right now. Yeah, it has, it has been not great. Recently. I don't know if you're paying attention, but I've been hemorrhaging money for the past. No, yeah, same. Days. I decide I'm just not going to look. I'll check yeah. in a couple months, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I hope all my money's not gone. All right. Uh, speaking about uh, definitely not getting value, stock down. Brace yourselves. It's time for us to shit on Joe Mixon. <laughs> Joe Mixon was weak, is now week to week with an ankle injury. First of all, we one of the reasons why we fade Joe Mixon is because this happens to him every single year. He's had one that's healthy true. season his entire life. So that's so you could say, like, yeah, it's injuries. You can't predict those. For some players, you can. Like Deshaun Watt, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's gonna get hurt. Like, and he did every single year. And then every and still everyone drafted Deshaun Jackson as if he wasn't gonna get hurt. He's gonna he's gonna get hurt. Joe Mixon's gonna get hurt. It's gonna happen every time, every single year. Let's act like that didn't happen. His stock is still down. Because if you listen to anyone, you're like, 
Oh, man, you got to play Joe Mixon. He's been getting so many touches. Oh, you got to play Joe Mixon. He's second in the NFL in touches. Oh, he touches the ball so much, this Joe Mixon. Touch, 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 touch. Look at how many times the ball's in Touch, 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 touch. Well, fantasy football isn't about touches. It's about yards. It's about touchdowns. And guess what? Just because a player touches the ball does not mean they're going to do good things with it. And I would much rather have a guy like Nick Chubb who doesn't touch the ball nearly as much, but every time he touches the ball, he does good things with it. On the other side, you have a guy like Joe Mixon who is the, as of when I was doing this, I don't know if this is the case right now, but was the only player at the time to have 17-plus touches in all four of his games. Now, on the season, there has been 48 separate occasions where a player has had 17-plus touches before week four. So this week, don't count it. This was previous to week four. This is after Thursday. Joe Mixon has touched the ball four times in four games. His rank in PPR points of those 48 games, in week one, he's seventh. Out of 48, week two, 45th, week three, 41st, week four, 33rd. What good are these touches if he's doing less with them than everyone else? And for the last three weeks, you have been disappointed to have Joe Mixon on your squad. Yet, he's touching the ball over 17 times a game in every single one of those games. What more could you possibly ask from opportunity? And what less can you possibly expect from it? Like, you, if you are Joe Mixon truther at this point, they'll stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Maldo, I'm talking to you. I know. I know he went to Oklahoma. I know, Maldo. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You, you can let him go. He ain't a sooner no more. The sooner you let him go, the better. Hey, I was about to say that, Tim. Great minds think alike, baby. <laughs> Joe Mixon's stock is down. It continues to be down because guess what? This you can't have you can't get more opportunity. And if he's gonna continue to be a running back, low end running back two with 17 plus touches, you could have that. No thank you. Yep. My first stock down, someone I highlighted in our week four. Buy low, sell high. Week three, buy low, sell high, actually, as a sell high candidate. Brandon Cooks, who against the Buffalo Bills went five for 47 on seven targets in Davis Mills's worst game of the year. Absolutely atrocious performance. The Bills shut them out, dominated them the entire time, 40 nothing. And this was the issue with Brandon Cooks and the issue as to why I told you guys to sell high. Because this is going to happen when Davis Mills is your starting quarterback, a rookie who's not ready to be a starting quarterback with a bad offensive line and a bad team. And Brandon Cooks got you 7.2 points. Maybe didn't lose you your week, but it's certainly not exciting. He gets New England this coming week. New England against rookie QBs, never, never a good thing for the rookie QB and his weapons. And then they get Arizona, excuse me, Indy, and then Arizona and the Rams. Like, the entire season for Brandon Cooks, this is going to be, yes, maybe he could have a big game, but yes, maybe he has a dud because Davis Mills is his quarterback. And 
I don't want to have to deal with that. I'd rather trade Brandon Cooks to someone who's valuing him as a wide receiver too, which I said to do at week three. You had the perfect opportunity. He had three straight weeks of 16 points or more, and he showed you what could happen if Davis Mills is sucking um, this past week against Buffalo. So my for, for me, stock down Brandon Cooks because you never know if Davis Mills is going to be able to get him the ball, even if he's open. Yeah, another guy that who's absolutely a stock down in the same vein as what you're talking about, Miles Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles Sanders has been a huge disappointment. Seven carries for 13 yards last game and three catches for 34 yards, which, you know, sucks. But if he's if the team just had a bad game, you accept that. But no, his backup rookie, Kenneth Gainwell. Basically the Naheem Hines of that offense now. Yes, it definitely involved, definitely getting the pass catching work. Three carries for 31 yards, so highly efficient and a touchdown. The most important part, though, six for 58 through the air in a game where the Eagles had to throw 48 times. And that 48 times doesn't include a few uh, a few nice passes, maybe some touchdown passes from Jalen Hurts that got called back. So what do you even do with Miles Sanders at this point? His stock is way down. You can't trade him. You, you could sit him, but he still has that potential to break out. This is the second game in a row where he's disappointed this Two games ago, it was it was uh, a disappointment because of work. This game, it's still a disappointment because of work, but even more because he didn't produce in that work. Yeah. Running backs only got 10 carries in the whole game. Jalen Hurts led the team with eight carries. Jalen Rager got to end around, but only 10 true carries, even though the box score says 19 rush attempts. Even 19 rush attempts is low compared to the 48 pass attempts, but really it was only 10. So this Eagles offense is it's maybe because it's been because they're down, but this team has no interest in running the rock and they are just a pass first offense. And Kenneth Gainwell is the guy who catches the passes. So where does Miles Sanders fit in this offense? I think that's the question. And right now, you just don't know. Even Hertz is running a little less than I expected. Like, they're really going pass heavy, and it has been very upsetting start uh, these last couple of weeks for Miles Sanders. I'm not giving up hope entirely just yet, but another bad performance week five will certainly ruffle some feathers and make me um, make me really have to reconsider even starting him going forward because they, the, uh, they get Carolina, so it's not an easy matchup, but they did just get beat on the ground pretty easily by Zeke and Pollard. So let's see. Uh, my second stock down. This wide receiver was ranked ninth in expert consensus rankings. I had him at 19th, and I really wanted to put him lower, but he probably ended somewhere around there. Seven catches, 80 yards on 13 targets, a career high, excuse me, a season high. Mr. Calvin Ridley, who is not living up to the billing as a top five fantasy receiver. One touchdown this season. Um, First time topping 63 yards was this past week against Washington. The Washington secondary has been abysmal all year, and 7 for 80 was all he could muster from 13 targets. Either of the previous two seasons for Calvin Ridley, if you saw 13 targets, you're expecting 140 yards and a touchdown or two. Um, He's getting lower depth of target passes. He's not nearly as efficient as he's been these last several years. Matt Ryan is worse. Maybe it was Julio Jones on the other side making Calvin Ridley better, even though Calvin Ridley 
He had good games without Julio Jones there. Great That's game. what everyone kept pointing to this offseason as a Calvin Ridley, promoting Calvin Ridley, but a new offense, right, with Arthur Smith and no Julio Jones and Matt Ryan older, just not a very good team generally. All things that I think were overlooked looking back at it. Um, and it has not been a great start to the season for Calvin Ridley. It hasn't been atrocious, right? Like, it's not like he's completely destroying your team. But you can't trust this guy as a top 10 wide receiver going forward. I don't I don't think you can at all. Very disappointing. So, stock down on Calvin Ridley. Um, My last stock down. Look, if you were to tell me early in the year that Chris Carson would only be getting 45% of the snaps. I would say, wow, Rashad Penny finally stepped up and he's the guy that he was always meant to be. But that's not the case at all. You just got me so upset with you and your fake-ass Rashad Penny love for no reason. Why is it fake? Not fake. I don't know why I said fake. Stupid-ass Rashad Penny love for no reason. Why is it stupid? He's he's been nothing but... He was a first-round pick and he's been nothing but productive when he's been in. What is there? I mean, he's injury-prone. You act like he sucks or something. I'm done with. I'm not. I'm not. He's been about productive. This. I will not discuss this. Good, good. Because you'll He's lose. Been productive. Oh, 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 you oh, can oh, never oh. lose betting against Rashad Penny. Yeah, because he's hurt, not because okay. he's bad. Anyway, okay, guy. It's Alex Collins who is losing his work too, and he's losing a bunch of it. He only paid twenty-five snaps to Alex Collins, twenty-two snaps, and even Travis Homer got in with nine snaps. And when it came to the work, Chris Carson got three more carries, but Alex Collins saw 10 carries to Carson's 13, outproduced him 44 yards to Carson's 30. He scored the rushing touchdown. And in the air, Alex Collins caught two receptions for 34 yards. Chris Carson only one reception for one yard. Uh Uh-oh. We've got ourselves a situation here. I think that Alex... Alex Collins is a guy that should be in the conversation with you guys tomorrow for waiver considerations because we might be looking at a little bit of a changing of the guard here. Changing we, of the guard is a little much. Um, look, Pete Carroll's been trying to stop Chris Carson from being the starter for a long time. <laughs> like, he drafted a running back in the first round. He He's not – and Chris Carson's being unproductive. I, I don't think there's any reason, any loyalty – that would be felt with a new offensive coordinator, Pete Carroll, who was drafted against him. I don't think there's any loyalty that would be felt here that would make me think that if Alex Collins continues to outproduce Chris Carson, it wouldn't be just a, a switch. And Alex, it would be Alex Collins as the main running back in this backfield. I don't think it's out of the question. I think he's worth a, a, a speculative ad because of that. And I think Chris Carson is someone you have to really, really, really worry about if you thought that he was going to be your solid RB2 that you can just count on because it doesn't look like that's the case. Yeah. It's his upsetting because especially week one, his stock was typically like generally up because he got all the touches. So it's just been a complete switch by Shane Waldron and company. It's very, very odd, but. I don't really know what's going on there, but Carson is certainly not looking great at the moment. And to Alex end it Collins off, Tim, go ahead. What about Alex Collins? Collins? Just to just to just to throw this out there, just to uh, just to put a little a bow on it, has been a productive running back before. 
He's played well when he's gotten the chance. And he's the, the type of running back that fits this kind of offense. So something to consider. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Maybe Chris Carson balls out next week and everything returns to normal. That's that's also in the realm of possibilities. But as of right now, the way th- things are trending just doesn't doesn't smell good if you're a Chris Carson manager. Whoever smelt it, dealt it, Tim. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. To whoever end it off. It, and whoever denied it, supplied it. Don't forget. We'd be farting. Whoever, uh, not whoever, um, to end this off, upsetting one here for me but i gotta do it it's george kittle who mm. has now not surpassed 14 half ppr fantasy points in a game yet um three games under 10 half ppr fantasy points just saw 11 targets and turned that into four catches for 40 yards had a chance to come down with a touchdown at the end of the game which was slightly encouraging um but he ended up dropping it because jamal adams hit him he should have caught the damn ball though um I do think it will turn around a bit, but the Waller-Kelsey treatment for Kittle is not looking great right now um, as a shoe-in top three tight end every week. And the 49ers, Tim, have 12 offensive touchdowns this year to 12 different players, and one of those 12 is not George Kittle. Wow. Yeah. Even more wow. So not tremendous. And... I was not encouraged by Trey Lance whatsoever either, um, which just is not good for the passing game in general. So for me, stock down here for George Kittle, who has been surprisingly to me, I thought like as long as he's on the field, he's going to produce, has not been so much to start this year. So stock down for George Kittle to end it off. And you don't know what's going on with this uh, this situation. The situation. The situation at quarterback. Right now, up in the air. We thought we we thought it was definitely gonna be Trey Lance when we started the show. Now maybe Jimmy G might still start. Yeah. Only time will tell. If you're listening to this before the Monday night game, enjoy the Monday night game. I hope all of your fantasy miracles come true. Michael, where could they find you? At Broto FF Mike. You can find me at Broto FF Tim. You can find Jason at Broto FF Casanova. No, you can't. That's Cass. You can find there. You can find Jason at Broto FF Jason. See what we did there. Hey. Branding. Uh, at Broto Fantasy for everybody on Instagram and Twitter. Um, BrotoFantasy.com is where you can find us. And, of course, the Fantasy Football by Broto app, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. We're everywhere you need to be. We're like Visa, baby. Peace out. Later.